0: Hello and welcome to the Pathfinder podcast. This is actually episode nine and um, there is me, Sam, and I chat to my dad, Gary, about life, careers, um, business and everything he's learned in his journey from being a lowly paid government worker to now being a pretty successful entrepreneur. Is that what you'd call yourself? Entrepreneur? Yes. Entrepreneur? Yeah, I yes. think that's probably about right. I like right. that word. Yeah. It's hard to spell but good to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to spell if you're dyslexic, like well, some, anyway. some people
1: think it's good to say, some people don't.
0: <laughs> so, in today's episode, um, I wanted to talk about intelligence. So, in terms of the Pathfinder process, this is something we identify as sort of a barrier to belief. So, within the believe section, um, and I know this was a really big part for you. You were never felt like you were massively intelligent at school, did you? So, it kind of made you think that maybe you had to be to be successful,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's a real, um, well, hey, we'll we'll come up with a whole load of things, but I think it's a real uh, frustrating point for a lot of people. You know, clearly I'm not a thick person and I have some intelligence, but it's average really at best. But you're made to feel very inferior at school because I wasn't particularly good at the tests and the analytical side of things. Um, and that puts you in a real disadvantage. Uh, from a school point of view, uh, and exams and uh, achieving at um, O levels, as it was GCSEs, I think called now O levels, A levels, and and degrees. So I think it was a, a bit of an inspiration for me to put Pathfinder together, really, because it, I wanted to share that actually the elements of school and those um, those book smart sort of tests are not The whole story. In fact, they're a very small part of it, and uh, you can go on to be very successful with having average intelligence as uh, marked at schools. And I'll go on to talk about the different types of intelligence in a bit, but um, it's a big point that because I feel, you know, if I don't know what the numbers are, but if you looked at 100% of people in life, and we'll talk about three different types of intelligence, schools are only measuring one type really, and that's. So sixty-six percent of the population are being missed through school. If it's if it's a third each, so there's three different types of intelligence. If if they're only looking at one of those three and measuring students on that, they're 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 actually satisfying thirty-three percent of the population and missing sixty-six percent. That's massive,
0: huge. Well, I'm I'm just looking at um because I remembered a stati- statistic in the book and on the website, um. In the millionaire mind, it's um Dr. Thomas Stanley did a survey of over a thousand Americans who had a net worth of over a million, and the most average grade that they got in high school was a B. Yeah,
1: C or a B is the uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Which is a really interesting fact. I just went to find that, so I didn't. Oh, get it well wrong. done, well <laughs>
1: done. Well, the interesting bit there is well, was two parts to that. One is uh, that itself, and. I think it was one in 10 of those millionaires felt that education um, was really important. So only 10%. But what they found most important, the top five things they all agreed on, were uh, the reasons of why they were successful, not education. So
0: so these are successful people who have got a net worth over a million, and they're saying these things are the five things. Yeah, and that, that
1: million is probably translated into 10 million today. Because okay. it's a while ago. So, uh, number one was integrity and honesty with people. I remember that very clearly because I think I believe strongly in that. Um, discipline and self control was another one. Number two, and loving what they do. Number That's three. I know. I think working harder than most, and being able to get along with people were the other two of the top five yeah. things. So. You know they're the they're the ones that are very successful people feel are important in their life or that have made them successful. Education is ten percent, not much, not much at all. And that's the that's the point that I wanted to make. AI wasn't very good, but having been quite successful, I wanted to give people the mindset that it's not everything at school and your school grades, because it's pretty black and white at school, isn't it? You either pass or you fail. You either get an A or you get a B or you get a C, you know, and then you're bracketed. You're in a you're in a certain group that you can't struggle to get out of, top, really.
0: And you are kind of conditioned to think um, the people at school, the people who will be successful are the ones getting all the top grades, the ones going to Cambridge, the ones going to Oxford. Wow, they're going to be incredible. And they might go on to have really great careers, but actually it could be that that naughty girl in the corner who actually <laughs> creates yeah. some an incredible business. Incredible. Or...
1: Absolutely. And I, that, that's so true. That is so true.
0: So my question here, do you have to be intelligent to be successful? I suppose intelligent here, we're talking as in, you call it book smart. Yeah. I suppose the answer is no.
1: No, absolutely not. Uh, definitely not. And, and, you know, you've got to be careful with definitions of success and, intelligence you know we're being quite general here mm-hmm. uh, but at the end of the day um intelligence is often uh, measured and has been historically and probably still is is in, in on intelligence tests iq tests book smart people very often go on to be professionals
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know accountants lawyers doctors those sort of people uh, Which can have a very successful career, by the way. But that doesn't mean if you don't have those book smart skills that you can't be equally successful or even more.
0: Yeah, because school kind of works for those professional jobs, doesn't it? And sort of in university, like you need that education and you need that knowledge and you you need those skills in order to do those jobs.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's uh, that's the way it is. But, you know, don't feel second class don't feel inferior, and very often the most successful, and if you you term, you know, people with £10 million, you're in less than 1% of the population, um, then you can also be very successful without that book smart skills.
0: Yeah. So is that how you felt at school? You didn't feel like you were being set up or the teachers thought that you would be successful just because you weren't a top student?
1: Yeah. I think, it, as you say, it's a default.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: if you did a, a, a quiz on all those uh, millionaires uh, through that book, which is a brilliant book, the, "The Millionaire's Mind," of those thousand millionaires in 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 America, which is a, a fascinating study. If you did a study and said, "What what grade do you think they would get to the average person in the street?" I bet they'd all say they get A's. They a's were smart stars, people. Yeah, really yeah they better. were clever people. The truth is, no, it was C's and B's. Yeah, and none of them had the grades to go to a top university not one so none of them went to a top university so you know that's a that's a fact in itself and I think what what I try and use that fact is to echo the truth most people I meet and work with and get on with are not book smart people they see life differently they're quite creative people actually
0: so your peers like um you go to Toronto every six months to meet with a group of entrepreneurs, and you call it Entrepreneurs Anonymous because you've all all got this slightly strange um, excitement for trying to build businesses and um, make money. Not strange; that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Would you say they're all they all fit into that? Are they all sort of average-ish, book smart, intelligence? Uh-huh.
1: Uh, yeah, they'll probably be average on the book smart. Most, uh, you know, there will be one or two that won't be. They'll be very book smart. But in general, they are average people uh, in, on intelligence, but with a creative intelligence, not a book smart, analytical intelligence. Mm-hmm. They're very different. And they all, not all, but again, 90 odd percent say that they weren't great at school, they felt inferior, they wanted to go their own path, they didn't agree with anything anyone really said. They were a bit different at school, as you say, the awkward one in the corner, um, but went on to to build fantastic business and be very successful and have a balanced and uh, fruitful life.
0: Do you think there's something about um, feeling different and not fe- finding your thing or feeling intelligent at school that almost drives them to that as well psychologically? I think
1: I think there is. Uh, yes. I think there is,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: think the worse that is, the more successful they're likely to be. <laughs> yeah,
0: the more people told you at school that you wouldn't be successful, the more yes. you feel the, pa- the passion I I, to be successful.
1: I think, I think you know, just knowing life, I'm pretty damn sure that's true.
0: Yeah, I can under- pretty... I can understand that. There's, there's nothing yeah. better than proving people wrong. I
1: know, and, and that's a big driver.
0: So what are the three types of intelligence you briefly mentioned creative intelligence there it's the triarchic theory isn't it is that what the technical network? yes
1: yeah well you see again i was fascinated. i was really pleased to come across this research and there is a lot quite a bit out there on uh, it's not just all about analytical intelligence but it it backed up my intuition mm-hmm. so at school and through life i knew this to be the case but i then had to go and find the evidence because who am i You know, my intuition isn't strong enough in the world. So Robert J. Sternberg is a leading figure in human intelligence. He's got a basis of uh, triarchic theory of intelligence, which covers not just uh, the analytical. He calls it analytical. I call it book smart. Yeah. Uh, Which is what education loves so much is academic problem solving. There is two others, which is one is creative intelligence, which is often those people get those answers wrong those analytical answers because they think differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're very good at dealing with new and unusual situations and they see life from a different perspective. So that creativity is not often measured at schools.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just that you're a bit weird and you got the answer wrong, so go away and get it right.
0: Yeah. Go and
1: think like the book smart people, which will never, ever happen in a million years, so they feel frustrated, inferior. angry, inferior, not working, etc. And the other one that really sticks in my mind is practical intelligence, um, which in my day used to be, uh, certainly for the lads, go down and do metal work, go and work with your hands. You're never going to work with your brain, so go and work with your hands. <laughs> you know, and that was just, they were almost, well, not almost, they were labelled as not intelligent, thick, not that useful, so go and work with your hands in metalwork room and woodwork. And often they were very good at that. Yeah. But it, you know they can do very practical things. They can they know what needs to be done and then can go and do it quite quickly.
0: Yeah. They create. see
1: the picture create and, and quite focused on that practical element that certainly analytical people aren't. Yeah. But they're labelled as inferior, grade three or grade C or whatever it was, and they're put and that's just not right. I, again, they've got creativity and intelligence in a in a different way. Not measured at school and not valued. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Absolutely not. So you know you've got to um, you've got to take all three, I think, and you know devise a different way of measuring those.
0: Yeah, because when you say creative intelligence, people will think, "Oh, yeah, you've got art and stuff at school," but it isn't that. It's you might have if you've got creative intelligence, or that is kind of if you were really fantastic at. Um, creating drawings and things you're probably a bit of a mix of practical and creative because you're creating something new but actually for me I think about creative intelligence as being able to look at the whole picture and see different ways and see different answers and not having to follow a uh, pre-existing sort of structure you can create structure
1: I think that's exactly right I think if you look at it widely you are you could have a a brilliant gymnast, or a brilliant soccer player, uh, musician, artist, um, business person, you know, can be very creatively, come up with new ways of doing things, new ways of looking at life, in all of those areas, and more. You can be a creative IT person, you can create your own code, you know, of how to do things, and so creativity comes in all areas, not just your yeah. right So you and, can um, be
0: sort of a mix of the... You could be a, a real standard mix of the three or you could be really heavy on analytical intelligence or really heavy on practical intelligence. And it's just good to understand that, that actually the measurements that you were uh, you had to be looked at by at school aren't completely accurate. Well, yeah. They're not accurate at all.
1: They serve the book smart people, one yeah. third if, if they're... A third, third, third. Which I, I, my gut says that they are. Then, if you look at um, a little bit more theory, and that overlays all three of these areas, you can either have what Caroline Dweck talks about. She's well followed as a psychologist, um, a psychology of success. Actually, I'd call Caroline Dweck. She's uh, American. Uh, works at one of the major universities. I've just forgotten, but. Um, she looks at two mindsets, which is fixed and growth, and they overlap all of those. So, if you're a very practical person and you think I can never get, I can never be successful, I can never change my lot in life, I'm always going to be a grade C student or third stream, and blah blah blah, then you're going to stay there and you're going to have a fixed mindset and you can't grow. Whereas a growth mindset um, allows you to change and develop, and they see problems as uh, temporary
0: as a challenge to overcome rather than as a as a yeah
1: and and that that they can overlap any one of those intelligences your attitude it's more of an attitude and she talked about attitude being the most important ingredient for success as long as as well as uh what does she call it um it doesn't matter what she calls it but it's it's the ability to persevere Um, and uh, when something presents itself as a problem, the ability to go over it and go through it or around it, finding solutions and not caving. Um, and that's her simplistic view. Uh, sorry, she's got a very complex view. That's my view, it's simplistic of her what she does. And they're really important in growth and fixed mindset. We talk about in the book. Uh, but they can follow any, any one of those um, three intelligence areas. Anyone can have those
0: another um intelligence that we should probably look at is eq which is something that i only came across um from hearing about it from you um you said you talked about iq tests intelligence tests but eq is emotional intelligence isn't it
1: it is and the context that i liked it is that i've always believed in developing myself personally and one of my coaches uh, shared it with me and i would never heard of it either but the more you go into it, and I've gone into it quite a bit now, the more you realize how important it is. So let's go back to uh, book smart. okay? I've had people work for me, often financial people or professional people, who are very book smart. But often, not always, but often, those book smart people do not have the practical intelligence or the creative intelligence at all. Uh, and so I've seen them sit in meetings and we're going through various things, we say a dozen people in the room. Uh, and I come out and talk to them and they they have a very different picture of what reality is. So they can come out and go, yeah, they all got the numbers I shared with them. Everyone knows what they are doing now. So off we go. And I go, no, no, no one actually got what you said. Uh They nodded and did it because they were embarrassed to uh, not want to appear to be uh, unintelligent or ask the questions, but none of them got it and nobody understands what we're going to do. So we now need to cycle back individually and work out what's going to go on. And they sit there dumbfounded and go, what? Because they haven't picked up what's going on in the room. So emotional intelligence is two things really. One is understanding yourself. And the second part is understanding the people around you, the social awareness of what's going on. And often those book smart people don't have that. It's because they're so intelligent they understand they think everyone gets it as soon as they share the words or the presentation everyone gets it and they don't have an appreciation that they don't and that in the example where i've come out of a meeting i am not exaggerating they've gone yeah right everyone gets it so let's go and do something else and they have no appreciation that most people didn't get it at all they don't understand it they don't know what to do with it and it's absolutely useless Because you didn't put it over... they're not
0: picking up on those signals and
1: that No, they haven't got that. They're looking at it differently. So you need to put it into their language or sit down. So the whole... And that's the emotional intelligence, which is understanding that other people didn't get it. And I've had one-to-one conversations with people that, you know, the understanding between what's been said and how you do it are very different. And that's why I always enjoy face-to-face meetings because... I would say my emotional intelligence is quite good. I know if somebody's fibbing or not. They're not lying on purpose. They're just they're saying it for all kinds of human reasons. Like I don't want to appear to be dumb. I don't want to. I'm happy to you think that I'm following the company line, but really I'm not. Or I don't really believe this. All those signals are there. You've just got to see them.
0: I think people. I think. I think it's a relatable thing. I think people understand, even socially, sometimes you can be in a situation, have a conversation and some people you're like, I don't think you quite understood what's going on here or they've missed something or, you know, they're saying something and one person's clearly quite upset by what they're saying, but they haven't picked up on that and they continue or everybody's seen that in social situations.
1: It's linked to uh, a company called Talent Smart, which is a leader in uh, emotional intelligence, They say 90% of top performers have a high IQ. Do
0: you mean EQ?
1: EQ, sorry. 90% of top performers have a high EQ and they believe they earn $30,000 per annum more on average than anyone else who has a lower EQ. And you can actually, there's a couple of online places. You can, you can find out your, you can get it measured. You know, the one, that I looked at it a while ago now but it was called the Foundation.com. you can do that for free or talentsmart.com i think it was 30 quid but you can you know you can google it and you can find uh, your own emotional intelligence and where you score on it
0: so you say you're quite high in emotional intelligence and i think I'm, i am as well which is great but what if you are Low in emotional intelligence, and you recognise that. Are there things you can do? Can it? Is it something that can grow? Can it be improved?
1: Yeah, definitely. You can. Learn. I think I've learned mine. I don't think I was always particularly good. at it. In fact, earlier in my career, I don't think I was good at it. But you learn because it, it's. Uh, I've done a lot, and therefore you learn uh, through pain, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting it wrong. So you think you're addressing a group of people, and everyone's got it, but you realise that wasn't the way with that person. You've got to pick up on these things. I'm just going to share an example. One, one I a lot was, uh, I won't name the person, it's unfair, but um, in a senior group of management of about eight people, we used to go away and have uh, sessions together in hotels. We'd have a few drinks because, again, I'd get the truth. And about a few drinks, you know, we don't like this policy or we don't like that or that person's not working very well. we get all the truth, which I like. because I like to deal in the truth. But also we'd go away and be creative and think differently away from the office. And I found that uh, we used to have a meeting in the afternoon, have a few drinks in the evening, something to eat, and then we'd go away in the morning, back to our day jobs, if you like. Uh, And I found one other person who was a really intelligent lad, uh, but he was an introvert. And I discovered that that format didn't work for him because being an introvert, he needed time to process, and the rest of the group were extroverts. So we're all fine, blah, blah, blah. You know, get on with the job, but he would need to think and process what was discussed, and then come back with an answer. So I changed the whole format for him, and it was quite inspirational for the other group members as well. So what we did, we'd have a meeting, we'd have something to eat and a few drinks, but we'd come back in the morning, and have two or three hours before leaving, and going back to our day jobs. And what happened is that he allowed him twenty-four hours to process that information, and the stuff he used to come up with in the morning was mind-blowing. He needed that time, so all the extroverts get all their best information out straight away, and in the bar, we're chatting it through. He's gone to bed and thought about it, and got up in the morning and thought about it. Comes to the meeting goes, right, I think the answers are duh, duh, duh. And everyone's, not, not you know, 100% of the time, but most of the time, everyone's going, my goodness, that is the answer. How brilliant is that? (laughs) So you see what I'm saying? You've got to understand. That's a bit of emotional intelligence on my part.
0: I was going to say that's your emotional intelligence to understand that. And
1: we wouldn't have progressed as a company and as a a team as much without his input, which was brilliant, but we didn't give him the platform. So what would have happened to that information? He may have brought it up three months' time. He may not. So we'd have missed it. So those are the sorts of things. But if you're not high on emotional intelligence... Practice, practice, practice. Observing people in meetings, observing people in social situations. Who do you think got this, and who hasn't? You know, whatever the topic is.
0: Who who feels like what? Who yeah, is and work what. out. So
1: if there's someone discussing politics in a social situation, just observe people and uh, how they will accept it and nod in a social situation. Uh, And then go and have a one-to-one with them and say, what do you think about uh, what we've just discussed? And you might find that theirs is different. So you start to learn and look for the signals. There is a very good... There's two two resources I would would share. One is uh, a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I think that is an eye-opener if you're looking to influence. And that's really what emotional intelligence is is getting influence and understanding pain and pleasure and where it is, really. in human yeah,
0: behaviour. It's understanding people and how they feel and what they think. Yes,
1: and it's yeah. important to do that. And you can improve on that for sure. And that book is very useful in uh, helping you work out how to influence people and do it in the right way. The other one that's quite powerful is called NLP neuro linguistic programming and neuro that is about.
0: sounds complicated <laughs> it does
1: so if i break it down which i like to just to make it simple for everyone neuro is the brain linguistic is language programming is uh well how you learn behaviors and and often your unconscious behaviors um so i'm not going to go into all the details of neuro and uh, nlp but it, you can learn about people's unconscious behaviours and your own. Uh, It's quite powerful and you can learn how to influence people. Uh, It's it's an art, so you can take a course in it uh, and become an MLP practitioner. It often takes about a week. But you you understand about uh, unconscious behaviours, you understand about the brain and you understand about language and how to pick up on nonverbal cues and different cues in people
0: yeah in in any sort of situation where you're working with people i think it's valuable and would you say it doesn't matter so we talk about focusing on your strengths so if your strengths lie in a different area so any of those areas of intelligence or anything eq is useful to everybody
1: yeah it is a hey, you should have a um a level of it okay so it doesn't have to be brilliant uh, but recognize you're not brilliant with people so you do a bit that isn't The people interactive employ somebody who is, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on what your business is or what you're what you're trying to get to, you know, teamwork is important. So if you've got a business that is critical to have EQ, high levels of EQ, and uh, working with people all the time and wanting them to go in a certain direction, and you're not particularly strong at it, even though you work at it, then employ somebody who is
0: great well i think that covers um intelligence pretty well um i knew it was a topic that you feel passionate about and i do too so um i hope everybody has enjoyed listening and we will speak to you next week if you want to get into any more of it then um talent smart we mentioned um book uh how to win friends and influence people and there's loads of stuff obviously and all of this is linked at pathfinder.me as well
1: cheers bye
0: thank you bye (laughs) bye